Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome all to episode 16 of MBA Holes. I am your co-host Joe Connors and my other co-host Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you doing my friend? I'm good sir. Good here to give my um, moderate opinions as always. Awesome, which everybody appreciates. Um, as always we will start with Twitter questions. Uh, first comes from Mr. Mike Osher at MikeOsher81. Um, he asked, did you like the Eric Bledsoe move? And name two, if you can, realistic trades that make sense and that need to happen. Which that one's a little more difficult. Um. Oh, first of all, yeah, I I did I did like the trade for Blatso. Um, I think it I think it works for both teams. Um. Obviously, it's it's quite clear what Phoenix are doing. They're they're rebuilding and they're what probably two thirds of the way into that process, but all they have is young players and assets and, and that's fine. They're prepared to be patient and to build, um, build with the young core that they're getting Bender and, um, you know, the Jackson and those two added to, obviously one of the best shooting guards in the league and that Marquise Chris kid, the power forward who looks like he could be anything he wants as well. Mm-hmm. So they've got, they've got a core four now that they can really build forward with and <clears throat> they'll take Greg Monroe in and then they'll, he'll go in the summer and it'll open up cap space and I'm sure they'll try and be players in free agency as they always are and they never end up getting anybody, which is weird to me. It's weird to me that Phoenix isn't a destination given the, the climate and, how nice it is. How yeah, nice exactly. it is. And how many, like, if you think of how many retired players and how many, um, sportscasters live in Phoenix, they all move to Arizona either as a second <laughs> home or just to live there. And yet players don't seem to want to go there. That's a bit, a bit bizarre, but they get Monroe. So they're going to get a lot of cap space is what, what Monroe really represents. And, you know, a first round and a second round pick. So they have to be happy. Um, for Milwaukee, they get the point guard they've been looking for for years. Uh, they get rid of Greg Monroe, which they've been looking to do probably since about two weeks after they signed him. I know they gave up the first round pick and a lot of people have said, oh, that he wasn't worth the first round pick. He is if he's willing to stay there. Mm-hmm. Because this is how Phoenix get, or how Milwaukee get good players. They either get them in trades, when their value has dipped a little bit because of whatever's going on, in this case it was a couple of tweets, um, or they draft them, and then they have to try and hold them. And remember, they have to try and build a team around Giannis that's going to make Giannis want to stay there. Now, Bledsoe will take some of the responsibility off Giannis in terms of ball handling, um, but he's quite happy to play off the ball. He adds to their the defensive um, identity that Jason Kidd has built there. You know, you put him in now with... with 
the likes of Brogdon and Yanis um, and Middleton and Thornmaker. I mean, that's a lot of length, guys that can switch. So he fits well there. And I, I do, I think it's a good trade for both teams. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the Bloodsoot of Milwaukee was, that was when that first announced, like when he sent out that stupid tweet, I don't want to be here, and then tried to cover it up by saying he was at the barbershop. Um, he clearly didn't want to be in Phoenix. Uh, and the first team that everybody thought of was Milwaukee. That yeah. made the most sense. And it ended up being that trade. And like you said, I, it does make sense for both teams. Um, getting that first rounder, which is picked between 11 and 16 in, in 2018 or four through 16 and 19 because it's a protected and the second round pick is kind of like the same way of protection. But to get something like that for a guy who came out publicly and said, I don't want to be here. I, you know, I give Phoenix a lot of credit for that. Um, and like you said, you got to keep Giannis happy. We talked about Giannis before and Milwaukee. Milwaukee is not a destination for players. It never has been. Um, you know, it's no knock on the city of Milwaukee. I've never actually even been to Milwaukee, but from a basketball perspective, it, it it's not a destination. You know, your destinations are the Lakers, the Knicks, mm. the Celtics, the, the bigger teams, uh, unfortunately. The but, bigger, more multicultural cities. And look, yeah. no matter what happens, in Wisconsin, you're always going to play second fiddle to the Packers. And Yeah, always. You know, that's just how it is. So... So the second part of that question, how do you do you have anything off the top of your head, realistic trades that could that could happen? Um I would like to see Cleveland and Utah come together and put 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 a deal together that sends Kevin Love to Utah, where I think he would yeah. fit much better, and I think playing with Rudy Gobert and re- reuniting him with Ricky Rubio, I think we could see Love really kick back into the form that he had when he was a Timberwolf and potentially become you know, he was never really a top 15 player. He just had a couple of top 15 player seasons. Um, but I think he could become that type of player. Now, he's never going to be a good defender. But he no. could become an average defender playing next to someone like Gobert. And I think sending, say, Derek Favors and um, maybe one or two other pieces to Cleveland would really help the Cavs. Because what they need is someone who can protect the rim, a real inside presence especially defensively, because what's going to happen very soon is, well, not very soon, but Isaiah Thomas is going to come back, and I don't see how you can have Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love on the same team and not get absolutely annihilated defensively, and their defense is pathetic enough as it is. Yeah, it's, it's bad. They're they're horrific defensively at the moment. Yeah, so whether, whether um, Utah would have to give up maybe a protected first-round pick or whatever, Find and you know maybe a, a complimentary piece to just to make the salaries work, but for me that's a trade I'd like to see. I'd really like to see Kevin Love in Utah. I think he could, I think he could be great there, um, especially you know how well coached they are and how clever they are at designing schemes. Yeah, they could use them bad because they're not playing very well at the moment. Exactly. Um, one of the trades I can't think of two. Although one, the second one I'm just going to throw out there, and but the first one I Nerlens Noel has to get traded. Yes. Um, code Rick Carlisle just doesn't play him, doesn't like him. It, it, it seems that he doesn't like him. He's, he basically came out and said, quoted, minutes have to be earned, which is telling you something. So I think he on the Cavs, because the Cavs can't play defense, can't rebound. He would fix both of those or help a lot in those. Now, I don't know, I don't know what you'd have to give up for him. He's only on that one year deal. So there's not a lot of salary involved because remember, he's a guy who thought he was going to get a big contract and, and didn't. So that would make sense for me. And a second one is if Cleveland keeps playing, I, I don't think Cleveland's going to get any better. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous. And LeBron's having an amazing year so far, one of his best ever for the years in the, in the league. But they can't play defense. Mm. And you just said when Isaiah Thomas back comes back, it's going to be even worse with him and Kevin Love. Do you think that Cleveland would move him and he would agree to a move, LeBron James? No, he won't agree to a move. I'd be, I'd be amazed if, I, I'm, I'd be amazed if he doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract. Not, not, not a. Oh, he, no, he does. He has to no. agree to move. That's why I said that. But, <laughs> but there's nowhere, there's nobody so that's going to be able to bring in LeBron without demolishing their team who are going to be good enough with what's left for him to, to want to be worth, to want to be there. 
Yeah. And you, you like, you're gonna have to give up the farm, even with like less than a year left on his contract. Cleveland will still want top dollar. So I, I just don't see it. Um, another trade that has to happen, um, for the sake of everybody in the Carolinas is Dwight Howard needs to be traded to the moon for like some rocks or <laughs> I don't know, a, a probe or something. Um, yeah, he's just a waste. He's, he's a, a waste. waste. He's of, a waste of skin and air. Yeah. At the moment. And, uh, he's turned he's, himself into that. It's a shame. He just, he's a guy basically just stealing money at this point. Hmm. He's not doing anything. Maybe like they could trade him to Sacramento because like they like centers and like seem to collect them. So like, I don't know, maybe that's <laughs> what But it's funny. Like you look at the teams that need players, like one team that needs Something I'm not entirely sure what it is is the Trailblazers. Like they need something, but pinpointing exactly what it is is a little bit difficult. I think they're it's a probably team. a wing. Yeah, they they're a difficult need, team to figure they out. Are. I, they, like if you could put. See, the thing is, they don't really have anything to trade either because. All their guys are locked into these ridiculous contracts and nobody's going to want to take on, you know, bad money. Um, that's, that's not going to be expiring soon. Yeah. So. No, no, you won't want to do that. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe the Trailblazers could find a way to, let's, let me just quickly pull up their roster and, and figure out what they can get rid of because there's got to be a lot. Well, there's yeah, there's a lot of guys like like they really don't fit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like just have like their leading scorer right now is obviously Dame Lillard, and he's a fantastic player. But he's basically him and Nurkic are, I mean, I would say their whole damn team. You know what I mean? Like it's not they yeah, don't have I mean, a lot. I, I do like um, they got Zach Collins as a rookie. I mean, there's not a you know CJ McCollum. McCollum's a good Napier. player. Napier's a good Napier's okay. He's average. Yeah, um, Evan Turner's average at this stage. Mo Harkless is average. Al Farouk Aminu is average. Yeah. Evan Turner is below. I mean, Evan Turner, there's where, like, Cleveland were doing, or Portland were doing such a nice job of building this roster. And then they went and they screwed it all up by signing Evan yeah. Turner to a stupid yep. contract. And he is, like, let's be honest, Evan Turner has been a massive disappointment in the NBA compared to what he was in college and what people thought he could be. Um, oh, no question. Yeah. So, for me, like, you look at that team and they, they, need a, they need a wing who can, number one, play defense, but number two, create a little bit for himself because as good as Dame Lillard is, Dame's primary goal is to create for Dame. Um, CJ McCollum's primary goal seems to be to create for CJ. Yeah, they're very much me, me players. And there's nothing really that ties it all in together. Um, now, a former trailblazer, Nicholas Batum, would actually be the ideal guy to tie things in, but I don't know if he'd be willing to go back to Portland. And, yeah. Um, I don't think they have anything to trade for him that, that, uh, well, that's... Charlotte would be interested in. That's the key right there. They just went up and down the roster. There's not a ton of talent. Um, they got a couple of good, they got a really good guard in Lillard, a decent one in McCollum. Um, Zach Collins might be something, but he's a rookie. He's mm. not shown a ton, but he's, he's, he also doesn't have an NBA body at the moment. So, uh, but that's what happens when you come out after a freshman year. So, all right, let's move on because we have like a couple, um, three Celtics questions. Um, well, Rick, Rick at Ricardino1892 has two different questions. One is Celtics, one is non-Celtic, but we'll take his Celtic first and then go off of Allies at Giolino and Neutral Spin at Neutral Spin. His name is Justin. Uh, Justin's is kind of funny. Don't forget this one. He says, is 80 and 2 on the table or nah? That's about the Celtics. Obviously, he's a Celtics fan. Um, Allies is, can the team from Boston keep this form going? And then Rick's is, and on another note, how good is Jason Tatum? Whatever one, obviously Justin, they're not going to go eighty and two. They are very good. They have one of the best coaches in the league. Um, there's no no question about that. Um, the team can they keep can they keep that form going? 
I don't see why not. They're very talented, um, and their guys are stepping up and playing really well. So I don't see why not. And Jason Tatum um, was good at Duke. I, I, you know, I, he nobody, is good. Nobody foresaw him being this good this no. quick, though. And anyone who and says I, he did is a liar. Yeah, and the only reason that's happening, let's be honest, is because Gordon Hayward broke his exactly. ankle. So he's getting more more of the ball. Yeah. But they have. They've responded so well to Hayward getting hurt. Kyrie is playing absolutely out of his mind. In my view, he's the MVP of the season so far. So far. Yeah, I agree. Um, just absolutely incredible. So, they're, look, they're going to win. I, I can't see any other anything other than them winning the East. Um, Me either. I think they'll win 60. I think they'll get to 60. Um, yeah, it's a damn make, good chance. Though. It does make you think, though, like what happens when Hayward comes back. Now, he's probably not going to make it back this year. Um, maybe, I think they'd be silly to try to take him back this year. Don't yeah. even chance it. It's stupid. But what comes back? What happens next year when he comes back and suddenly the ball's not in Kyrie's hands as much? Now, Hayward's more than happy to play off the ball as well, but mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how how Brad Stevens pieces that together. Yeah. Yeah, it will. It's going to be, it's, you know, sometimes, again, when you have too much good players, it's hard to get them. Now, the NBA, it's a little bit different um, than, obviously, in in college basketball. Mm-hmm. But in the NBA, like a good, good, a good coach like that knows what he's doing, can take care of stuff. So um, Rick's other question was, where would the Cavs finish if they didn't have LeBron? 15th in the East. No. Um, I think if you took LeBron, it depends, like, cause obviously you're not just taking LeBron out and putting nothing there. Yeah. So if, you, if you put a league average, um, small forward in that position, so, I don't know, Alan Crabb, maybe, is he league average? Is he below, he's probably about league average, isn't he? He's probably league average, um, I would say, yeah. I reckon or they'd win. Maybe a little below, but. They'd win maybe. Like, you have to remember, Isaiah is really good. Yes, Kevin he is. Love is really good. And Kevin Love away from LeBron could be really good. Now, Kevin Love and Isaiah together would be hilarious defensively. Yeah, um, that's the big but, thing. But they'd score an absolute ton. Yeah. Um, and if they had, you know, a 3 and D guy at the 2, a 3 and D guy at the one, at the 3, and, say, Tristan Thompson at centre... They could probably win 35 to 40 games because it's the East and the East mm-hmm. sucks. Like, it does. The, the Cavs are, have been horrendous this year. And I know what you're saying about LeBron. Statistically, he's having a good year. But when you watch yes. him play, there are large gaps of games where he does absolutely nothing. And he is as much to blame as anybody on that team for how poor they are defensively this year. In fact, yeah. I would put more blame on him because he's meant to be the leader. He's meant to be the organizer. He's the one that blew his own trumpet for years about what a great defensive player he was and what a travesty it was when Marcus all won defensive player of the year over him. And he just doesn't look like he cares. They're seven and seven now. I'm not sure that if you took LeBron out and put Isaiah in that they'd be any worse. So, you know, I think they'd probably finish 10th in the East, somewhere between 35 and 40 wins. Yeah, I just, I mean, you take him off there. The one thing that you said about Kevin Love, I do think Kevin Love is a better player without LeBron. Um, just because I just, I, I don't, I don't know what mind control that LeBron got him to sign a, a re-sign there. It just makes no sense to me. Um, he was never a great fit. Kevin Love's game can't shine with LeBron there because he's so ball dominant. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I just thought, like, with Isaiah Thomas is a good player. He really is. He carried Boston last year. But Brad Stevens is a, a hundred times the coach that Tyron Lue oh, is. Ty- Tyron Lue is, in my view, one no. of, he's, he's in the bottom third of coaches in the NBA. Yeah, he's he put there by LeBron. Below. Exactly. He's, he's, yeah, he's a his patsy. Buddy. He's a patsy. He's yeah, there to take a trend. the blame when things go wrong. And to do yes. what LeBron says. That's what he's there for. But I mean, look, you'd have to, if you, if Le, you're taking LeBron out, you're trading him somewhere, you're getting something back. That's the um, key to it. You're yeah. If, get, you, if it's, you know, even put out, if you put Isaiah, uh, uh locked in J.R. Smith, Alan Crabb, mm-hmm. you've got Shumpert backing those two up. You've got Kevin Love. Um, 
I, I think they'd be 35 to 40 wins. I think they'd be okay. I, I don't think they'd pull up any trees, but I, I don't, ah, you've got, what's his name? The Jay Crowder as well, who's a really good player. Like, even if it's Jay not, Crowder yeah, just started. He's not playing well this year so far. He's not, but um, a lot of that is because he's not been allowed, he can't play small forward because of LeBron. LeBron, that's the you thing. Know? It's like, yeah, so I think maybe, as crazy as it sounds, they wouldn't be better, but maybe they'd be more of a complete team. Well, the thing team. is, if, if, I think they'd be as, yeah, they'd be a, a team because what would happen is LeBron would go, which means mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade goes well because someone has to carry LeBron's suitcases. And, uh, that would take a lot of the tension, the problems out of the dress, the, the locker room. And it would also improve them defensively because every minute Dwayne Wade is on the floor, um, Tom Thibodeau is somewhere screaming in a room. Yeah. About how he can't play defense. And, you know, maybe Derek Rose would go too. And then there's, there's another big hole defensively that's gone. Um, and then maybe Channing Fry would go too. And that's another big hole that's gone defensively. And maybe Kyle Corver goes as well. And so on and so forth. And, and Jose Calderon. Cause all these guys are in Cleveland playing on the minimum to play with LeBron. And they only care about what happens at one end. None of these guys, Calderon, um, Fry, Green, Corver, Rose, even J.R. Smith, uh, Dwayne Wade, none of these guys care. They don't care about Cleveland. They're there to try and win a ring on the back of LeBron. They don't yeah. care about playing defense. They care about padding their stats because they know that next year LeBron will move on and he'll have a new supporting cast that he'll piece together from, you know, players, uh, veteran players looking to win a ring at the end of their career. And then you'd have a core there of, of say, Crowder, um, Love, Osman, um, Parentes, Shumpert if he's arsed, uh, Isaiah, Tristan Thompson, and Ante Zizic. And there's something there that you can build from. So I don't, I don't think Cleveland need to look at LeBron as the difference between winning a title and being the worst team in the league the way he was the last time. Yeah. I think if he left now, they'd just be a middle-of-the-road team. And they'd have some assets and some picks and loads of cap room. And players would want to go and play with Isaiah and Kevin Love. I think so, too. It's, yeah, I think they're, they're two stars in the game. You can't say otherwise. You can't really argue that. So, um, Next question comes from Mitch Move at Noblow 2013. He's asking, who would your top five most improved players be this year? Ooh. If you don't have a top five, that's okay. I can go first if you want. Yeah, you you go first, um, and I'm, I'll I'll come up with mine. All right. I thought the first obvious one was Aaron Gordon. Yes. Um, Aaron Gordon in Orlando is playing fantastic. Might be the best um, power forward in the league this year. Yeah, it's it's amazing. He has not had any kind of this kind of again. I know he's only he's only 22. So again, professional sports takes time, and everybody grows at their own pace. But he's been phenomenal. He's averaging 19, seven, almost eight rebounds a game, almost three assists a game for a team, you know, that nobody expected anything of. But I don't think he's going to shoot almost 60% from three all year, but he doesn't really need to because he can get to the rim. Mm. He's athletic. You know, he's, he's just playing really, really, really well. He's playing great um, defense as well. He is. Uh, I didn't want to put rookies in there because I don't, that you can't, you can't improve, like, like Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons are playing fantastic, but they're both rookies, so they're not mm. most improved players. Um, another guy I'd put in there is Kristaps Porzingis, who's just yes. dominating right now, uh, averaging offense. 30 a game. He is. He's, he's, I mean, that's why they call him the unicorn. He's really stepped his game up. 30 points a game, seven boards, almost three blocks, shooting 51%. That's phenomenal for a team who is playing really well right now. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit. They're playing really well right now. And, who knows? I don't know if they can keep it up. Probably not. But if he keeps playing like that, star players make a big difference. Mm. Um, my third, I would say Otto Porter Jr. At the moment, and it's 14 games in, he's playing very, very well for Washington, averaging almost 18 and 7. Um, and another guy who plays at both ends. Um, my number four, yeah, I'm going to go after my guy. Uh, Robert Covington's playing really, really good right now. Um, played good last year, but has really stepped this game up. And five, it was a little bit of a tie. I, I thought about Oladipo, who's scoring a lot. Not never going to be a great defender, but I went with Clint Capella because he is just one of my favorite players to watch on Houston. 
I just like that guy's game a lot. I like a big guy who can score. He's never going to average 20 points a game, but he doesn't have to on that team. But he rebounds the ball, and he plays great defense. And I love a big guy who, who's got the length and athleticism, but not just that. Like, he keeps it together. He's not, like, wacky, inflatable arm man, like, all over the place. Mm. So that would be my five. You've got three of the same five as me. Porzingis is just having an incredible season so far. Um you know, he's he's shooting nearly fifty percent from the field, forty one yeah. n- nearly forty two percent from three, and over eighty percent from the free throw line, averaging nearly thirty points and what I think two and a half blocks. Yeah, it's uh, almost three blocks a game. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. It's unreal. Um and he and he looks he looks the business, he really does. Um yeah. obviously Aaron Gordon, like you, you you said it all, the guy is just he's turning into a stud. Um, he's turning into the player Blake Griffin probably should have become sure. um, and yeah. never did. And I think a lot of credit has to go to the coaching staff down there. And we um, talked about Orlando's coaching staff last podcast. Well, look, that's a guy who did great work with with the likes of Lance Stevenson, um, yeah. with the likes of Paul George. When Frank Vogel zeroes in on a, on a young player and decides to mold him. He does a very good job at it. Um, I think unfortunately he's missed, um, the boat with Hazonia. Um, I think that's gonna, I think that's something that Orlando will regret long term. But Gordon looks like, I mean, we, we talked about before, Joe, about how Orlando had drafted high year after year after year and never landed a star. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they did land a star and maybe now it's been shown. Yeah, um, it's just like like I said earlier, it just takes time. Like everybody yeah. develops differently. Some guys come in, light the league up. Other guys, it takes them anywhere from you know three to six years. You know, That's exactly it's, it. you just don't know everything in sports is not just hey you're talented you're going to be great. A lot of it sometimes comes down to fit and do you fit? Like does your game fit here? And that's just by chance a lot of times if you're not like a top three pick basically, especially with the NBA. My mind's gone blank on who the third one I had was, and he was the fifth one you named after Colin Clint Capella. Clint Capella. Um, Clint Capella is establishing himself as one of the best centers in the league. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, he has been spectacular this year. Um, he's really good defender he's a really good rim protector um he needs to get a bit stronger i'd like to see him averaging about 12 rebounds a game um Mm -hmm. but but i think he's he's really establishing himself this year um so my other two i i i'm not picking robert covington um although i do agree he is having a good season uh, I'm not picking Otto Porter, although I agree he's having a good season. I, I, I don't, I don't see massive improvement in Porter from where he was a year ago. Um, but again, I, I've not watched a whole lot of Washington because I just don't really yeah, like them yeah. all that much. Um, Victor Oladipo would, Oladipo would have been sixth on my list. Um, I think he's having a great season for Indiana. Uh, yes. So my order would go. The three we talked about would be my five, four, and three. Well, Gordon would be my probably my second most improved. 
Przingis probably fourth, and Capella yeah, fifth. Um, my number three guy is uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, who, he's playing phenomenal. Uh, just stank the place out of it last year, and looks a good player this year. Looks look looks like Lamarcus Aldridge this year. This year, we'll see what happens when Kawhi comes back. But it, if he keeps playing like this, um, I, I think he's going to be really beneficial to San Antonio. And my number one most improved player, and this is slightly cheating. Um, he's also, if it's, if the MVP of the league isn't Kyrie, it's this guy. It's Giannis. Because. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't say him, and I don't think it's cheating because he definitely has taken his game to another level. Huge step. He took a big step last year and he's taken a huge step this year. It's like when Steph won the MVP, then went from being the MVP of one season to being an all-time great in one summer. And came back and was just mind-blowingly good. That's kind of what this is like. Um, he was an MVP candidate last year. As things stand, he's, with, with due respect to Kyrie, he's probably the front runner. Um, oh, as, no as question. Right now. So, um, yeah. they're, they're my five. Okay. Yeah. The only reason I didn't put Giannis on the list is because we spoke so much about him last podcast, but. Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to look at it from that, he's got to be number one because he's, he's just dominating the league in the first 14 games. Um, D'Angelo, last question comes... D'Angelo Russell, also a notable... Uh, yes. Almost, almost made it. If he didn't get that knee injury, I probably would have put him on the list because he was mm. playing very well. But I don't know how many games he's going to miss. Not that that should matter because he was playing really well. But um, last question comes from Joe at JP23X. And... He's asking who's been the most surprising rookie so far. Hmm. I think for me it's an easy pick. I think and it's, it's Ben gotta be, Simmons. See that Ben Simmons, but it's, he's. I think he's the best rookie, but I don't, it's not surprising me. See, it is surprising to me because I thought he'd be a train wreck defensively coming in, and he hasn't been. He hasn't been at all, and he. The fact that he'd never played as a point guard before, and he's actually playing as a point guard now, yeah, is massive. Like it, it was one thing to expect him to come in and play a position, maybe the three or the four that he's played all his life, and you know expect him to look good. But to come in and put him in a position that he's never played, never, never ever played before, um, and he's been this good is, is staggering. Um, of course, the most surprising. Um, rookie situation at the moment is Markel Fultz, um, because he has been yeah, so far. But again, it's injury. It's again, because Simmons is playing a position he's never played before. Fultz has been asked to play a role he's never played before. Uh, he's not used to not being the dominant one in terms of having the ball. And, you know, it's just something that'll take time. You're probably going to say Jason Tatum. No, no, I was not. I was going to. I'm going to say Laurie Markkinen because Laurie Markkinen is oh, a guy. Been, I yeah, he's been really good. He's averaging almost 15 points on one of the worst teams in the league. Mm. Um, Jason Tatum's been very good. Jason Tatum hasn't been better than Ben Simmons. Not. I don't care what 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 Bill Simmons will say on any of his podcasts. Um, but Ben Simmons has been by far the best rookie, and it's not even close. He's just a man amongst boys, and um. You know, he, he keep at the moment his range is 15 feet, but it doesn't matter when. It, it's basically Giannis he, does the same thing. If he thing. can get now, to 15 feet, though, that's fine. As yeah, long that's as the he thing. can like, get into his range, people aren't able to keep him outside his range, and that's what it is. Until He's that just becomes so long, an issue, strong, and yeah, yeah. and that like, that first but, step is is impressive. Yeah, it's he's too hard to stop because he can get to the baskets in two strides. Like mm. that you don't see that often, but yeah, I would go Laurie Markkinen and that's just for me basically not knowing much about Laurie Markkinen, but he can play, man. He can really play and again on a really atrocious Chicago Bulls team, he's playing real well. Um I didn't think Jason Tatum would be this good. I, I watched Jason Tatum at Duke. Obviously, I'm a huge Duke fan. He was good there. Um but again, we said earlier he's getting a lot of playing time because of Gordon Hayward being hurt. You, mm. you wouldn't maybe seen this. He would have been playing in Spurs. I mean, Jalen Brown is playing well too. He, he was a guy who could have been on that. I told been you. on that. Um, yeah, he's a guy who could have been on that um, most improved list. But yeah, um, sure. 
you know, he's playing really well, and they have they have a lot of depth. But I'm, you, know I'm who else? Lord, you know who else belongs on the most improved list? Hmm. Every Detroit Piston. Every yeah, single they're, they're, last one of them. They're playing great. Second in the East right now. Yeah. Playing fantastic. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know if that's going to keep up, but at the moment, again, 14 games in, they're mm-hmm. second seed in the East, and that's impressive. You know, it's their defense. It's their, de- their defense. If you look at the statistics, their defense is what's keeping them in games and what's winning them games. Yeah. Um, I was looking at a stat last night with it's Joel Embiid and the Sixers because that, you know, that's my team. When he's on the court, we have the second best rating defensively. When he's not on the court, it's like one of the worst in the league. So it just goes to show you like what one player could really do for a team. But, um, funnily enough, when Carl Anthony Towns isn't on the floor, we've got a good defense. But when he yeah. is on the floor, ours is atrocious. Um, and it's, it's weird. He just needs hilarious. to learn to play defense. And if he, if he plays defense, he's going to win MVPs. Mm-hmm. He just needs to learn to play it consistently and want to play it. But, um, why don't we go to play player of the week, any or team of the week, however you want to do it. Again, this is the, from the brainchild of Marco Lopez, so I'll let you go first. If we're doing team of the week, it's Boston. Um, yeah, they're, 12 they're, in a row. 12 in a row is just insane. Um, but it's funny, like I, I still think they're the third best team in the league this year. Um, I'd still take Houston, and I'd still take uh, Golden State over them 10 times out of 10. Um Player of the week. I don't know, Giannis probably because he's just playing at such a level that like you, you expect, oh, he'll have a game where it just drops off. He'll have a game where he knocks, you know, he scores four points and he knocks his, his scoring average down to like, you know, a normal human scoring level. And then he doesn't. And then you just, the things that that man is able to do, like he's, he is at some point going to just jump from like, the three-point line in the corner or somebody's going to run down and just launch himself. And because he's like 15 foot long, he's going to be able to dunk. Um, so yeah, I'd go Giannis, Giannis player of the year or player of the week. Okay. Um, my player of the week, I'm going to do a little funny. I'm going to give it to Anus Cantor for basically calling out LeBron James. Um, yes. Like LeBron James, tough, fake tough guy act is just really annoying at this point. It is. It's embarrassing. Um, There's not a it is embarrassing. It, this is, this is the guy whose mother had to, like, be restrained because she was trying to come on the court and uh, defend him because he was getting bullied by, I think it was, the, was it the Celtics or the Bulls were bullying yeah. him? And, yeah, you know, he's just and, a big and he's baby. A crybaby, just... and Draymond Green has punked him in the past, and he cries. He has. Her. I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I thought that was funny. Like, I know that, I know that uh, Cleveland came back and beat them, but... I just, I, you know, the whole uh, king, king of look, New York thing. Come uh, on, man. Anis, Can- Anis Cantor would beat that man into a pulp. It wouldn't even be funny. Well, it would be funny. Yeah. It might be funny. It would be funny. Can yeah, I just I say, though, that that whole thing led to a rather awkward incident on Twitter with uh, Peter Vesey. Oh, my God. I retweeted that. Did you see that? Pretty well-known sports writer. Um, very respectably thought yeah. of sports writer. He He made the mistake of quoting a biggie lyric and he quoted it first of all he should have quoted just part of it yes you don't he put did, the, the he didn't have to go with the n-word either way but he went with the n-word that ends in e, e or rather than the n-word that ends in a he obviously he did stars for everything after the end but he did five stars instead of four and people said well if he'd done four he would have just been quoting the lyric but he did five because he's an old white guy and it kind of comes across <laughs> as racist um, yeah, he's an idiot. But what he should have done is he should have just said, imagine him being scared of another man who bleeds this, breathes the same air he does. Um, yeah. and just, and just kind of, you know, uh, whatever, paraquote or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was funny. It was, it was just like, I, I was watching it and I seen that tweet come up and I'm Paraphrase like. Paraphrase is the word I'm looking for, not paraquote, sorry. Yeah, no, no, I know what you meant. It's, it's, it was just like, really? Did he just say that? Like, that's what he just did? Um, in my play for the, for the week, I was, I went back and forth, but then I watched Jalen Brown tonight. So if anybody gets to see this, Dave, if you're watching late highlights, mm. he does, a, they're playing Brooklyn. The Celtics are playing Brooklyn right now. He does a windmill that it, in open court, it's just nasty. So I'm going to go with that. It's a oh, windmill dunk. 
and it looks like it's straight out of a dunk contest. Like you just don't see guys usually do that in NBA games. Um, so that's my play of the week. But let's move on and talk about what surprised us so far. Could be a player, could be a team, it could be a Peter Vesey tweet that you know, like you're just <laughs> talking about that he uses inappropriate language and gets retweeted thousands of times, and now looks like a moron. So what surprised you so far? No, no, he was. He's a, he's a, he is dying on that hill. He's a, um, he's a New Yorker. New Yorkers yeah. don't back down. They just don't. Not especially old school New Yorkers will not do that. Um, things that have surprised me. Number one, the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Because I genuinely thought they'd be awful, and I thought Stan Van Gundy would be out of a job. Um, shortly after Christmas, but they have been really, really good. Um. Cleveland, because they've sucked. I don't care that they're 7-7 now. They've had a couple of easy games, but they have sucked. Um, the New York Europeans, they've really surprised me. The fact that they're 7-6, uh, and six, currently sitting in the sixth spot, fueled by European mammoth-sized men. Um, Porzingis, Cantor, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez. Um, I'm, I, I've liked what I've seen of, of Frank... Nit, I don't know how to say his name. Nilkina, Nitalkina, I don't know. Um, but <coughs> Tilakina, Tilakina, yeah, silent yeah, end. They don't end. Silent end. The French um, guy. Yeah, they, he's. They've impressed me. And you know what? It kind of reminds me of when Jeff Hornacek, Jeff Hornacek had that team, um, in Phoenix that nobody expected to do anything. Now, totally different makeup of team, but I think Hornacek might be an okay coach. I genuinely think he might be an okay coach. He he seems to be very clever at diagramming plays and coming up with schemes. And anyone who can make Michael Beasley look like he cares is doing a good job <laughs> in my book. Um, yeah, Michael Beasley's in La La Land half the time, so... Don't let uh, Carmelo hear that. He might get upset. Yeah, yeah, we can't upset Carmelo. I'm, I can't stand Carmelo. By no, he, he, he's just, he, just like LeBron's little buddy, like another little patsy who thinks he's a tough guy. Yeah, he really does, the, and the I would love to see him get his ass kicked by somebody. Shit, like, Ennis Carter yeah, will quote both those boys at the same time. Yeah, I wish he would. I wish he would have punched him in his face. Like, and I, and I, I like LeBron James's game, but everything else that comes with him, yeah. I can't, I can't stand it. Look, Ennis Cantor is a big, rough, tough dude from a rough part of Turkey who recently stood up to tyrants in his homeland. Yeah. If you're going to fight that boy, you best bring a lunch. He's going to go all day. He would put LeBron James in a hole in the ground. Isn't it? Wouldn't even be funny. The, the LeBron foe tough guy thing is, it's run his course. Nobody's yeah. scared of you, LeBron. Nobody is scared Nobody. at all. Yeah, you can stare at people all you want. These guys, they don't care about. It. Like they know what your shtick is by this mm. point. So, anything else surprised you? Anything else stick out? Um, I'm surprised at how poor the Wolves have been on defense. That's that's actually the the biggest surprise to me is how poor we've been on defense. Yeah, the difference is one point nine there. That's weird, mm. really weird. Your your defensive for a guy who preaches, he's got to be pulling the rest of his hair out. Thibodeau. That's exactly it, and we're in year two now. I know it's still early days with Butler and and Taj Gibson, and we do look much better defensively when they're on the floor together. Mm-hmm. Um, but Towns just doesn't look like he knows how to play defense and it's concerning and um, it bothers me because i, I want to see good players play and I, I don't want him to have a label of hey the guy's a one-way player because mm. he doesn't have to be that way no i think it'll get figured out i think tibbs just needs to focus more like tibbs's whole defensive thing is is largely based on the perimeter he didn't have to do a whole lot of scheming in chicago for his center because Noah came into the NBA a really good defensive player. Towns yeah. didn't. Towns came in from Kentucky where C- Coach Cal says, don't worry about defense. You just go get yeah. your numbers, son, and get yourself a high draft pick so I can tell everybody I had I'm excellent- a great coach. Yeah, I'm a great coach. Look at all the guys I have in the NBA. Give yep. me your money. Yeah, you know, basically. So. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. So um, um, that's, yeah. that's my inner Duke talking. So uh, things that have surprised me, obviously, I, I agree with you. Celtics, I mean, you, you have to be impressed with 12 straight wins. Yeah, if you're not, sure. then you're, you're just a massive hater. Obviously, the Pistons, again, they're playing really good defense, one of the best um, plus minuses for a team in the league. 
Um, Cleveland, seven and seven. I, I just, they can't play defense. Now, should they be better than seven and seven with LeBron James? Yeah, they should be. It's so in the East, and they're shit. Yeah, and Milwaukee's seven and six. I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of people talk that team up, and I know Giannis is great. Like my Sixers are only seven and six, but those guys are all playing their first season in the league. Mm. Um, I've been disappointed by JJ Redick a little bit so far. Um, not it, doing it always takes him time to adjust. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been great so far, and but again. 14 games and not going to get, you know, too worried about that. Um, the San Antonio Spurs being third in the West should not surprise me, but without your best player and they're still third in the West, um, again, that's coaching. Without your best player and without the veteran point guard who's been, you know, the heart and soul of that team really for what? 12, 13, 14 years Tony Parker's been there. Oh yeah, and like he yeah, is, he is the vocal leader of that team and has been yeah. for, forever. Um, Manu's still just bowling though, beautiful. Yeah, and I would say the one last thing that really didn't surprise me, and I and I thought it would be good because I didn't I did not like the Chris Paul trade. I think it's funny how Houston looks so much better without him and is playing so much better without him. And I wonder if they would, if they could take that trade back, they would. Um, because he's going to come back and he's going to disrupt everything that's going well for them right now. Like they've won six in a row. They're playing great defense. They're a plus 8.2 in, in defensive, you know, ability. I just, I just don't like the fit. You know, I don't like it. He's gonna, he's just gonna ruin that. I don't want to see him ruin that for them. I don't like Chris Paul. I just, I always thought he was a vastly overrated player. It's um, funny. He's I, never won shit. I think, like, Daryl Morey just has it in his head that you need stars. Like, he does. Yeah. He has it in his head that you need stars. And a lot of people do. They have this idea, you need stars. And, and it's true. You do need star players. Star players win titles. You've never seen a team win the NBA title without stars, bar that incredible year that, that Detroit had. Um, yeah. That's the only time in our lifetimes that a team has won an NBA title without a, a, a star, without a top. And they had a, and they had Ben Wallace. Who was and the they had Ben Wallace, best defensive player, player, Rasheed Wallace, who, you know, if it had Rip been, Hamlin. if he had a different personality, Rasheed Wallace would have been a star. Yeah. Rip. Was if, really good. Rip was really good, but Rip, Rip didn't have that, um, that star, Desire. Rip was happy to be a team guy. Same with Tayshawn Prince. And Chauncey Billups deserved the tag of star, but because of the awkward start to his career when he kind of bounced around the league and played for half the league in, in about two years, um, he was always just kind of seen of a, oh, isn't it great how much Chauncey's improved? Not like Chauncey's one of the best point guards in the league. Let's give him credit for that. It was always like, yeah. it's really good to see him finally become decent, isn't it? Like, it was weird. But uh, the star of that team was Larry Brown. Um, but you do, you need stars. Ideally, you need two. And if you look at most of the, the, the winners of, of the NBA title, they've had two star players at least. And I think he just had it in his head, we need stars. I have one in James Harden. Well, there's Dwight Howard. He's not really a great fit with James Harden. I go, I'll go get him anyway because I can. Oh, this hasn't worked, so I'll just get rid of Dwight Howard. Now what we do? Oh, James Harden's just had two of the best years that anybody's had in the last 30. Um, yeah. In the last three, uh, two of his last three years have just been incredible years. Uh, and it's largely by himself because Dwight was doing other Dwight things the first year. And then last year, he didn't have a, a star partner. Um, and then they just like, oh, Chris Paul might be available. Oh, well, let's go and mortgage everything. Let's give up everything. Let's give up all our depth. Let's trade. Let's bring in guys that we don't really want so we can uh, create enough cap space to get Chris Paul. And then he comes and it's in weird and it just doesn't work. Like, and it wasn't going to work. Maybe it, maybe it will work. I don't think it's going to work because James Harden needs the ball. He they does. Should, they should and have like... made the trade for Paul George. That's who they should have gone and got. That's who, yeah, that, that's the, the natural compliment. fit. Yeah, he's the natural fit. And it's weird, Daryl Morey, as a, at a big time analytics guy, looks at that. And I think Daryl, well, I know Daryl Morey's a long time supporter of Chris Paul. has been trying to get him for years. Mm. 
And sometimes when you have those tinted glasses on, you're like, you know what? I just want this player, and we'll let these guys work it out. But that doesn't that's always fine, happen. But there's dudes out there that want Michael Jordan on the team. They could get Michael Jordan now. It doesn't mean they're going to win because he's old, and Chris Paul is old. Yeah, and Chris sorry, Paul is Chris old. Chris Paul he's is old. old. He's past his best. Yeah, and I agree. He has looked like he's slowing down, and he's a small guy as well. He's, a, he's not a big point guard. He's not a Russ. Um, he's not even a Steph Curry. He's, you know, six foot in the shoes. Yeah, and so, he doesn't have that quickness, you know? I mean, like, no. he doesn't, like, he, I mean, he's, again, he, statistically, he's a great, great player. He's an all time great. I, but I just always thought he was overrated because he's never won anything. They've choked in playoffs. Again, just my opinion. And I think we both agree that he's not a great fit there. And uh, look, they're, they're 11 and three right now. So. You know, they're a good, really, really, really good team the way they're constructed at the minute. So yeah. uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about, um, we're going to go back into our basically our legends slash just players that we want to talk about. And tonight we're going to talk about Mr. Grant Hill. Um, Grant Hill went to my favorite college, Duke, went from 1990 to 1994. Number third overall pick in the 94 draft selected by the Pistons. Uh, played small forward, um, seven-time All-Star. Four-time NBA second team, for one-time NBA first team, uh, co-rookie of the year in '95 with Jason Kidd, I believe that was, uh, two-time national championship champion at Duke. Um, had his injuries, Dave. The great. If not, if, right. So I'll let go ahead. I'll let you go with that. Grant Hill will be a top ten player of all time if it hadn't been for injuries. What he did in Detroit for six years was absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah, he was going like, and Isaiah Thomas has said this, when Jordan was going out the second time, and the first time, but more the second time, because they knew Grand Hill was coming the first time, but when he was going out the second time, the torch was been passed to Grand Hill, the guy who was going to be the best player in the league, the guy who was going to be the showcase star of the league, and then he got hurt. He went to Orlando. He got hurt some more. Then he got hurt a little bit more. And then he kind of had a weird end to his career where he was just a guy. You know, he was a bench guy or a role guy. And it was, a, it was sad to see. Like, it was great to see him still playing because most players would never have played again after the injuries he had, he had. Yeah, foot so, and ankle, foot and ankle, all the time. All the time, like to the point where he had so many uh, surgeries on his ankle, he needed a skin graft to close the wound yeah. because it was just it was nothing but scar tissue. Well, um, he almost died on the operating table. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, he, he got that like a, a MRSA infection. Yeah, almost uh, killed him. That's the thing, and and he came back, and he was still a good player. Like, there's no mm-hmm. doubt he was still right up to his last. You know, year in the league, he was a, still a good player who could who could give you something. Um, still a very good defender, but for people that didn't see him, I mean, he was he was LeBron ten years before LeBron. He could do yeah. everything. He could. He really was rebound. He was a better rebounder, I think, than LeBron. Um, I think he was a better passer, not a better passer, but maybe a better ball handler than LeBron. Maybe you know, like oh, I think so on no the doubt. run. You know, like. That guy would go coast to coast in a heartbeat. Yeah. And like he could do anything. He could dunk. He could pull. Yeah, I mean, up. he was like 6'8, 230. Yeah. You know, this is not a little guy. This is a big man. This is a big dude. This, the guy that could do everything so fundamentally sound. You know, and you see a lot of guys in the league now, like that do that Grand Hill crossover, like mm-hmm. go left and then back to the right real quick or, or vice versa, whichever way Grant wanted to go. Oftentimes he'd bring it. He'd bring it left hand through his legs and then use his right hand and, and go left as quickly as he could. And it was something that he was working on up until he got hurt because he'd always been criticized of, oh, Grant Hill can only go one way. And he was trying yeah. to prove a point that he could do everything, everything on the floor. Um, really intelligent guy, you know, and when you hear him speak about the game, it's clear he's got a great mind for the game. He's the type of guy you could see become a coach. Now, I know he's an owner, um, in Atlanta. But he's the type of guy you could see being a coach. Um, I the the great what if of of our generation, in my view, 
is Grant Hill because I, I genuinely think he would have been something truly special. Like, and the six years he had in Detroit were phenomenal, but um, injuries killed his prime years and then the end of his career. You know? Yeah, it was just terrible. I mean, those Pistons years, he was averaging triple, almost averaging a freaking triple double. Yeah. Almost every game. Like, it was ridiculous. I mean, he was, him and Jason Kidd were having like a back and forth of who could get the most triple, double, triple doubles because they were in that same draft. And, you know, it, he never, the funny part is, is he never had any injuries in, at Duke and he played four years at Duke, mm. which you don't see often. Even, you know, it's 90 through 94. You know, it sounds like such a long time ago, but guys still, you know, guys still came out early then and, Look, as a yeah, rookie, he, as a rookie, he averaged 19.9 points, 6.4 rebounds, and five assists, and 1.8 steals a game. So this yeah. guy was doing everything, you know. And, that, he, and then, yeah, he was rookie, like you said. Yeah, it's his career impressive. best, his career best in rebounding is 9.8. There's power forwards and centers who don't average that. His career no. best in assists was 7.3. There's point guards that don't average that. And he used to like one, one, anywhere from 1.5 six to one point eight steals a game, year after year after year. And then he was twenty points easy every night and twenty five point eight was his career high. That was that last year in Detroit. Um Yep. Then he went to Orlando. He that's it. And he was but the thing is, Joe, he was like he was pretty much an Iron Man. Like you know He was. He played nineteen seasons. That's what's so weird about it. And like he played over a thousand games and he started nine hundred and seventy two of them. Um Career average is 16.7 points. And when you consider that from 2000 is when he got hurt to 2013 when he retired, he wasn't close to the player he'd been before. Um, it's crazy. But like you look at his career and, uh, seven, just to go through his career, first year, 70 games played, 69 starts. Following year, 80 and 80, 80 and 80, 81, 80. 80, sorry, 81, 81, 50 and 50. That was the strike year. 74, 74. Then he got hurt. He played four games, got hurt. Um, the following year came back, 14 games, started them all, got hurt again. 29 starts, 29, um, games in Detroit, in Orlando with year three. 67, 67, year four. So every game he's played, bar one in his rookie year, he has started. And, you know, it, it, this is phenomenal. And then towards the end of his Orlando time, he missed a couple of games. But even after that, like in Phoenix in 2009, he was 15 years in the league. He'd had all those injuries. Yeah. And th- this guy was playing 81 games and starting 81 games, averaging 30 minutes. And the following year did the same, you know? So like even with the injuries, it just shows what an incredible athlete he was that he was able to start and play big minutes throughout his career. Yeah, it's, it's, again, like, we, we go back to what you said. It's, it's the all time what if. Like, if he, if he didn't get hurt, the guy's a Hall of Famer easy. Um, I hope he gets it anyway. I don't know. He, he does have a shot. I mean, I he, I think he so. has an outside shot because he played a long time. His, I mean, his statistics, I, you look at it as all time statistics aren't, I mean, almost 17 points a game, six yeah. rebounds, four assists. I mean, that's, not a lot of guys do that. That's an That's all around. It. It's like Scottie Pippen. It's kind yeah. of like, but Pippen probably has better numbers, but again, he didn't have those injuries. So do you remember who he got when he was, it was a sign and trade. Do you remember the players who were involved in that? I don't. He- I don't. I remember being very excited about the idea of Grant Hill and Tracy with, McGrady. With Tracy McGrady. Going yeah, the, the players. Together. And I thought yeah, the they'd players. be incredible. Yeah, that that was the. I think that's what Orlando thought they were going to return to NBA elite, basically. And um, the players in that sign and trade were Chucky Atkins and Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, yeah. He and then he went on, obviously went on to win with uh, Detroit. But here's a good one for you: Scotty Pippen career averages points sixteen point one, Grand Hill sixteen point seven. Mm-hmm. Scotty Pippen rebounds six point four, Grand Hill six. Scotty Pippen assists 5.2. Grants was 4.1, but Grants dropped way off. Cause he um, played too longer. Yeah. He. Exactly. So basically it's the same player. And that's that, what I, that's what I thought. The statistics are very similar. But the difference is 
Scotty's best every year scoring 22 points a game. Grant's best yeah. every year scoring 26 points a year game. And so, let's not forget, he played with, uh, Scotty played with Michael Jordan. And Grant so, played with a pile of scrap in Detroit, so. Yes, yeah, he, there was not, there were no, really never any good teams at all on any of that was six years, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a, I think that's a good argument to be made that he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think so. I, I do think so. I think it's I think it's a Hall of Fame career. It's just not the career he should have had. Like the career he should have had, like I said, would have made him a top ten player of all time. Yeah, I, I you know what? I do agree with that. Just because of the talent and the way he could just do whatever he wanted on a court. And he was definitely ahead of his time in that. You know, he looks like the players that are playing nowadays and yeah. remember his playing career, his you know, majority of his playing career ended in what, like uh Oh six, really? I mean, because he held on till like 2012, but like I would say like 07, even the 07 to 0, or to 12 with Phoenix, he was average there. But like the majority of his really good seasons were Orlando and Detroit. That's yeah. not a lot of time. And in fairness, so. it was mostly Detroit. It was those six years. He was incredible. He was yeah, he was good in Orlando. He was average in Phoenix, and then he was not really a factor with the Clippers in his last year. Yeah, exactly, and that's you know? that's. You know, that's not a lot of time, so... Like, you consider he came into the league in 94 at 22 years of age, mm-hmm. and he played 19 seasons. Yeah. You know? Do you remember who the number one pick in that draft was? Yeah. The 94 draft? Glenn Robinson. Yeah, Glenn Robinson, they Jason Kidd, too. Do you remember who four and five were? Um, oh, I do know this. I do one's, a, one's a Minnesota Timberwolf was drafted at number four. One is uh, Danielle Marshall. Correct. That's number four. The other is Joan Howard. Yeah, there you go. That was yeah. your top five. Yeah. Danielle Marshall. Like, imagine. There's four guys. There's four good guys in that draft. Like, four <laughs> potential Hall of Famers. Because Glenn Robinson had Hall of Fame talent. And Joan Howard had Hall of Fame talent. There's four yeah. potential Hall of Famers in that. Like, you don't know the Hall of Famers coming in, but you know there's four franchise players. You've got the fourth pick. So you're getting one of them. And somehow, what you come away with is Danielle Marshall. Like, and my you still had, good yeah, Christ. And, and they still had Jalen Rose and Eddie Jones in that draft. So it's not, you know, they, they went to the Lakers and, and Denver, respectively. But, yeah, it's funny how you... So that happens to franchises. You see it happen all the time. Timberwolves, though. It's absolutely typical Timberwolves. Like, you look at the year before, there's, you know, Chris Webber, Penny Hardaway, Jamal Mashburn, Vin Baker, Alan Houston were all in that draft. Yeah. Um, we yeah. got Isaiah Ryder. <laughs> now, it's not as bad as your Sixers who got, who got Sean Bradley, so like. Oh, God, no. He number two know. pick in the draft. Yeah, that, he was just atrocious. Just, and... just to prove that the world is against the Timberwolves. 92 draft, we were awful. There's two bona fide franchise changing presences coming into the league mm-hmm. in Shaquille O'Neal and Alonzo Mourning. And we get the third pick. <laughs> third pick. Christian Leitner. Yep. Who was it? Yeah, just, you know, it's funny because he wasn't like the, if you look at it now, like his averages and everything were like, mm. they were fine, but. When you compare him to those other two players, it's like, all right, yeah, it's. And what's funny is the guy who went close. at six, Tom Gugliotta, who apparently was a close decision for the Timberwolves yeah. or who to take. The Timberwolves ended up with Gugliotta. Um, they did d- during one of our best periods with Kevin Garnett. We could have just got him earlier. Yeah, Gugs uh, was a good shooter, if nothing else. Mm. So, <laughs> but um, look, all that well, uh, dra- all that draft karma went away in '96. It all went away because there was one Hall of Fame talent in that draft. We had the fifth pick, and somehow Joe Smith, who was a bust, Antonio McDice, who had no knees, yeah. Jerry Stackhouse, who couldn't stay out of trouble, and Rasheed Wallace, who couldn't stay out of trouble, all went. And in any of the year, somehow we end up, we would, if we'd gone, if we'd been picking higher, we would have ended up at one of them. And Kevin yeah. Garnett just fell into our lap, so, you know. Yeah, it, it definitely works both ways, and Kevin Garnett's a Hall of Fame player, and, you know, that 96 draft also had Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant, so, um, no, you know, it, it kind of, 
No, 96 was, was Alan not, Iverson. 95 was Kevin Garnett. Sorry. 95 was Kevin Garnett. Yeah, that's what I thought because I, he was a year before Alan yeah. Iverson. So. But because, but yeah, we're, because we got Kevin yeah. Garnett, we decided to be real stupid the next year and we drafted Ray Allen, who yeah. of course is a Hall of Famer, and then we traded him for Stephen Marbury, who's a two-faced, backstabbing, money-hungry prick. Yeah, who just could not – him and Garnett did not like each other and no. it was never going to work from the beginning. And people said that. They said that he was like that. And um, you're still seeing it now. He's playing in China just for the money. You know, it's, you know, it is what it is. But all right, we'll end there. Um, anything else from you, my friend? Any podcast coming up? Anything like that? Anything no, want I want to about? rant more about 90s drafts, but we don't have time. So No, we can, we can actually – that will be a good topic for next time. So on that note, I'll say goodnight. And what I tell you guys every time, I don't care if you're a fixed Sixers fan or not, I'm still telling you, trust the process. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 